0: Lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf. How about a cold one on the patio during a nice spring day? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help.
1: Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment.
2: That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch bunch of big names together. I didn't
0: want to do another stomp you out speech.
2: It opened up so many more doors. The show
0: is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal.
1: Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is the GM Shuffle. I mean, that's a joke. We went out there and stopped them. They had the ball at your 27-yard line. They missed a 45-yard field goal. It was a little wide right. You're losing the game, you freaking idiot. You never stopped anybody. You're listening to the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and V-CIN. is Femi Abebefe.
0: Welcome to another edition of the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and v I'm your host, Femi Abebefe. Michael, Week 5 came and went on the Sunday slate, and it was a fun... Day of football yesterday afternoon and all throughout the evening, buddy.
1: Oh, it was so much fun! I'm five weeks in, have not heard Scott Hansen's voice yet. I, I spent an entire day in silence. It was wonderful. Although I, I got to be honest with you, Femi, I, I, I I'm perplexed every single Sunday. I just I I get more amazed with the decision-making, and, and I think really, you know, I, I, I saw you went through the game books last night as, mm-hmm. as I do, and I have a whole sheet that I go through on, you know, recap the game, the drives, all that stuff, to kind of just give me a sense of what happened in the game when I go back and watch it. But I think we need a category in the game books of stupidity. Like, who was <laughs> stupid? Like, check this box. Like, there's so much stupidity going on. Like, it is it's almost insulting to the greatest coaches of all time. And that leads us into our first game today. Mm-hmm. The the Bengals Ravens. I don't know about you, but you know, I'm watching this and Zach Taylor, he, he doesn't disappoint me. He really doesn't. I gotta be honest. He's he's remarkable week in and week out, you know? And I, I think when when I watch him, I never get the sense he's ever watching the game. Like he's just calling plays. Like he and if it wasn't for his defensive coordinator, Lou Amaromo. I think the whole thing would fall apart. I think that guy should be a coach one of the coaches of the year. He's tremendous. He's just absolutely tremendous. You know, he does an incredible job. But what made me think this, Femi, was I'm watching it and I and I can remember a quote that I loved by this guy Jeff Yass, who owns Susquehanna Investments. Now, if nobody knows who this guy is, is he was a a kid from Queens, New York, grew up in the Bronx, went to Queens, he went to Binghamton College. Then he decided he wanted to get into the world of gambling, play poker, and horse racing. And so he moved to Vegas and just using with a couple of his buddies, it's a little bit like the show Rounders, right? Yeah. And and so what he did was he went out there and he started doing his things. He took a beat in a little bit, but but then he took that that instinct and that feel for gambling into an investment banking business right and so he has a great line he said the biggest risk is that you have is you have a losing strategy when you think you have a winning one being real is the optimistic guards against making this mistake okay so he believes that you have to look at it from a negative standpoint the other thing he believes is when you look at it I'm not a risk taker you know I, I'm not a I, you know we consider that gambling. The difference, Yacht says, is a gambler is someone who enjoys risk. We don't enjoy risk. We ideally like to take zero risk in our portfolio. So I'm going to ask you, the NFL games are much like, they're they're all a bunch of decisions that are basically, you're looking at a portfolio and you're managing against the other guy. At what point do you realize you're taking way too many risks with no reward? Like Zach Taylor, you got the ball down there. What are you doing? It's a three-point game they have the best field goal kicker in the world, right? Like, you should be collecting points until you can't collect points any
0: longer. And the point that Michael's talking about is the fourth and goal decision late in the third quarter, 248. At that point, the Bengals were trailing by three. Zach Taylor electing to go for it. But I thought that whole Uh, end goal situation was just terrible with the play calling they ran Philly special which everybody's ready for now in 2022 at least should be ready for that and then the shovel pass which more and more teams are able to defend those shovel passes that was the call there on fourth down and it ended up being incomplete the Ravens then went and drove the ball down the field and kicked the field goal to go up by six but Taylor passed up on the points there and funny enough the ensuing possession with Harbaugh in that drive with the Ravens they had fourth and inches there at virtually the same spot. Harbaugh elects to kick the field goal and a lot of folks were saying, Whoa, what the hell's going on with Harbaugh? Why did he kick the field goal there? But it ends up being that the difference in the game is the Ravens were able to go down and just needing a field goal to win with Justin Tucker being as money as ever.
1: I'm glad you brought that up because I think I thought when I watched that, I thought of that's what got me on Yas. Is because Yas has this great line about I've quoted him today, but he has this great line about all sports betting and all playing poker, all ops and tradings are making sure you're betting against someone you're smarter than. <laughs> if you're not asking yourself, am I the sucker or am I the bait? You get arrogant and you get crushed. Like, I think Harbaugh had self reflection. I think he finally figured out, you know what? I've been the sucker. I should just take points because I'm smarter than the guy across from me. Like, it's a chess match. Like, why wouldn't I take the points? Like, I, his, his offense can't make any explosive plays. They had one play of 31 yards in the game, and that was it. I mean, they made no explosive plays. Neither team could make an explosive plays. It was a field goal game all the way. Now, you could say to me, Lombardi, look, if he kicks a field goal there, he ties the game at 13-13. Okay, he does. They got Tucker. Tucker's the greatest kicker in the world, right? Okay. He could make it come back and beat you. No doubt. No doubt. I get that. I get that. But at some point, you just when you don't tie the game up, do you really think you're going to get the ball back? Do you?
0: It, it's tough. And, and to the Bengals' offensive credit, they had that really good touchdown drive there. But when you look back at those points that, one, that they gave up, it's it's difficult. Yeah. I mean, look, they had they had they had
1: in the fourth quarter here, Chem. In the fourth quarter, they had one drive. 13 plays, Mm -hmm. six first downs, and they got a touchdown. That was the four, you know, right? They made their explosive play chart. They had one play for 33 yards. That was it. They can't make an explosive play. They can't make one. They can't protect the quarterback. They can't make an explosive play. And they continue to want to go for it on fourth down. He passed up the, you know, John passed up a long field goal early in the game, right? And he passes up points. Like, at some point... I I don't understand this. Mike Brown, who I have great respect for, you know, he grew up in football. He's watching this guy just give games away. Just give games away with his strategy. Like, and if it wasn't for that defensive coordinator, Lou, you know, I mean, I don't know what they would do. I mean, that guy did an incredible job. He does an incredible job each week. He's got to be the most frustrated coach in America.
0: Lou Anaruma is one of the reasons why they made the Super Bowl last year, what they were able to do defensively, especially in those second halves of all those playoff games. And, and I think the the point back to rounders, which is one of my favorite movies uh, with Matt Damon, the crew, it's if if you can't spot the sucker in the room, you're probably the one that's the sucker.
1: <laughs> and, and that's, yeah, I mean, like I don't understand how we don't take this. Why is not why isn't we why aren't we spending more time understanding who our opponent is in this chess match? Like, why aren't we mm. doing that? Like, aren't we watching the game? Like, okay, look, I, I, I get the fourth quarter's a standalone game. I get that. But at some point when we're watching these games, like, why are we taking these, all these risks when we're not getting any reward out of it? I, I mean, nobody talks about it, but how many games have been lost by not taking the points? I mean, we'll get to him in the next block, but Kevin Stefanski might be the leader in the clubhouse here. Now he's got the analytic department there at Cleveland all behind him. But at what point does the analytical department come out and say, you know, we blew that call? Like they never they're they're never wrong. They're never wrong. Like and and I don't understand and I don't want to give analytics a bad name because I do think there's a part of it that makes sense. But what about blending and finally looking at the game and figuring that out and doing what Yas says is basically figure out who the sucker is in the room? Like, Why don't they do
0: that? I think blending is the best way to go about it and using those numbers to then help you make those decisions because not every situation is apples to apples. You go against different types of teams. You want to coach in different types of ways, and you've got to try to win that game. It's not a whole wide, broad, large data sample. I think you got to look at these things individual in a vacuum when you go about it, um, but I think that's kind of where the best coaches Use the analytics when you just go strictly with the analytics or you go strictly with your gut. I think that's when you come into some problems uh, in terms of in-game coaching decisions, Michael. But let's keep it moving, though, because I know the folks bright and early. The tweets were flying in, Michael. They they, want to know your take on what we saw across the pond overseas in London at Tottenham Stadium. The New York Giants, Michael. They're back in the New York groove. They're ready to go, man. They're ready to go. Their fans are happy. Minute, where's Don Don Henley? We got a New
1: York minute here coming up. Us, Harry woke up just all in black. You know, I, I mean. Look, I would like to present. First of all, shouldn't they knight Don Martindale over there after what he did? I mean, they should just knight the big man, Sir. You know, I mean, that was remarkable. (laughs) Yeah, Sir. We should start calling him Sir Don. You know, you know. I mean, if Elton John can have a Sir next to his name, why can't Martindale have Sir Don? We'll just call him Sir Don. You know. But yeah, I mean, look, I think. Look, I I have been very critical of the New York Football Giants for five years, rightly so. Mm -hmm. But I think this is this should be a documentary on what you must do to give yourself a chance to win the game the formula is not always going to work but i give i think mike kafka the last 2 weeks has been outstanding calling the game I think he's been outstanding. He kicked the shit out of, out of out of Joe Barry. I mean, literally took him to the woodshed. I mean, Joe Barry was a play late, a dollar short on every single one of his calls. He never got the rhythm. And if, if Joe Barry doesn't believe me, I'll, I'll send Big Daddy all his texts. I'll send uh, Joe Big Daddy's texts because Big Daddy wanted to leave a lot of people in London yesterday. He was very content with having, not having them come home. But I, I, I thought that this is an example of how do you strategize – the best way to win the game and then make adjustments during the game to figure out a way to win the game, right? So, like, let's take it. The, the, the Packers had three drives in the second half. That's all they had, right? Mm-hmm. And they never scored on any one of them. They had one three and out. They didn't score on any of them. Rogers took, which to me is one of the most critical mistakes in football, that you could ever take, and if you ever are a quarterback coach that listens to this, or an offensive coach that listens to this, if you don't have a picture of a football field in your in your in your quarterback meeting room, where the there's where you highlight the places on the field where a quarterback cannot take a sack, he just can't take a sack, and where the play caller can't call a risky play. Okay, if we get sacked here, we're out of field goal range, right? So I know it's third and seventeen, but. I mean, right now, we're, we, if we get seven, we're going to get three. What's wrong with I know people don't like three points. I understand that. But <laughs> if we get that, but, but that's what happens. And all the Giants did was stay hung around. They're, seven, they're down 17-3. to three. Joe Barry can't get a stop. Can't get a stop. Can't get a stop. Doesn't pressure. Doesn't get any pressure on Daniel Jones. Doesn't speed him up. Daniel Jones is playing well. Doesn't turn the ball over. Even though he fumbled, he didn't turn it over. Credit to the – I mean, this is an example of how not to lose football games. It's belichick in 101.
0: Dayball coming from that Belichick-Nick Saban tree there. And to your point and to Mike Kafka, what he's doing offensively, calling the plays. I know Dayball is kind of probably the, the big picture guy, but on the game day, Mike Kafka is the one that's calling the plays. After the first two drives for the Giants, which were three and outs for them – they went field goal, touchdown, field goal, touchdown, touchdown, and then safety toward the end of the game when they were just trying to run the clock out never there. Punted. That, that's, ne- that's never punted. That's impressive, man.
1: Never punted. And, and 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 Green Bay never forced a negative play. Every time Green Bay forced a negative play, they got called for defensive holding, which mm-hmm. I thought were legitimate calls. I mean, at some point, Aren't you on the sideline saying, "Look, we got to disrupt this thing now. We're going to have to force this guy to get the ball out of his hands pretty quick. Like we got to heat this guy up. I mean, he played really well. I mean, he threw the ball. What did he have? They had, they had 52 rushes and completions. Think about this. Okay, I, rushes and completions. You know how I feel about those. Mm-hmm. And they only had six incomplete passes." Six incomplete passes. Meanwhile, you know, my man over there, as Big Daddy would call him, LaFuck, he's got 45 rushes incomplete. He's got 14 incomplete passes. Right? You know, they they were 4 of 10 on third down against Martindale. Now, can I just tell you a story? This is a, it goes back to when Martindale was in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. This blew me over. This has been one of my pet peeves since I've been doing the pod. It's Martindale's coaching in Baltimore against LaFleur, who's the offensive coordinator in Tennessee. And I think... I think they were 0 for 11 on third down against the Baltimore Ravens that day. And then LaFleur gets the job. Martindale doesn't even get interviewed, right? And I'm like saying to myself, like, wait a minute, did anybody watch this game? How can you hire a guy who was 0 for 11 on third down and the guy who made him 0 for 11, you don't even interview? Like, this is how bizarre it is. Like, we're in bizarre world. Like, I mean, if Martindale doesn't, like, everybody thinks Martindale's Rob Re- Rex Ryan, right? They all think, I, I've never felt that way. I think he's Bill Parcells. I've always thought he's Bill Parcells. I think he's probably more, uh, you know, uh, uh, gregarious than Parcells. Yeah. But he's, pr- but but what people don't understand about Parcells is how smart Parcells is, right? Like like he's really smart. Like he's really smart. And and if you're having a conversation with him and you don't bring your A game, you're going to sit in the bucket back of the shed, right? You're going to get your ass kicked. So. Like, and, and, I, and that's to me what bothers me, like, these people, like, I tried to get Joe Douglas to interview Martindale, and, and of course he never responded to any of my texts, but I tried to get him to say, hey, you should, and, and the word I got back was, well, he's just like Rex. No, he's not. He's really smart. Like, they're not, like, you label people wrongly. It's so unfair. I mean, you know, I don't know if 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 Prince is – if if Charles is going to do it, but somebody should knight the bastard over there. I mean, seriously. I mean, Aaron Rod- – who was the first person Aaron Rodgers went up to? Yeah. I mean, he went up to him. I mean, LaFleur went over to him. They didn't – they <laughs> couldn't get it. Like, they don't under- – like, LaFleur's never had
0: success against him. It, speaking of LaFleur – Losing as a nine-point underdog, yeah. We, we got to get to what Big Daddy's thoughts were because that Packers game—they up seventeen to three—and we're all watching the game, thinking, "Okay, this is going to play out how we all thought it was going to play out. Packers are going to cruise to a victory overseas. Giants are a little overmatched, but the coaching mismatch that we saw on both sides of the ball, like you've outlined, it was a complete pantsing by the Giants staff with the Packers pass of the Packers staff. What was Big Daddy texting you during this game? Because we we, we well, a reason.
1: You know, Big Daddy Sunday was, you know, Big Daddy likes to go for a workout on Sunday before the 1 o'clock games. But okay. this 930 threw a little wrench into his fire because, <laughs> you know, he wanted to watch his Packers. So yep. he was hoping for a big lead. Then he'd go to the gym and he could watch it at the gym while he's on the treadmill with his bandana on, you know, and, and going through. But so this kind of – this this closeness put a der- derail on his thing. He's like, <laughs> you know, Barry's confused again, of course. You know, he got wildcat bullshit and you let Barkley run free. Like, don't they know that's coming? Rodgers missed a couple throws, but Lafuck is just LaFocke. I mean, this should be an easy win, don't you think? And I'm like, I agree, but they need to blitz more. No, they're just, they are just they just enjoy Jones making complete passes. I mean, at what point is Joe Burry going to go that Barkley's the only threat they have out there and he should blitz him? And then he got on this rant. Then he got on this rant like, why don't they keep running the ball? They, they can't stop Dylan or Jones. They can't stop him. Oh, you know, and then here, here's the one that gets me. Here's the one. We should have a sign that says, leave Joe Barry in London, all capitals, right? (laughs) You know, he can become the next Ted Lasso over there. The Giants, the the most points the Giants have scored all year is 21, and they can't wait to score more against us. I mean, you can't make this shit up. We made Daniel Jones look like Patrick Mahomes. I was hoping to be at the gym by now, and the Packers suck. (laughs) How about our special teams? We can't do a thing. Uh, you know, uh, here's the thing. Wink's game plan was to dis- disrupt Rodgers, dare Green Bay to run the ball, and LeFlec couldn't make an adjustments. Giants couldn't stop Jones, and they continue to force the passing game. I don't get it. <laughs> this is when he gets me the best. This, yeah. this is when he's at his finest, right? So then he goes back... At, then this is when he goes back into the, the drafts. He kind of ties everything back to the draft. He loves to do this, right? Savage is regressing. Stokes is another, uh, another uh, blown first-round pick. Traded up for Savage. We let Hyde go. That's a brilliant fucking move. Oh, we had ha was supposed to be the replacement for Hyde. A safety who doesn't like to hit anybody. Now he's out of the league. I mean, you can't make it up. You, I mean, th- I'm reading it. I'm not making it up. Ha ha
0: Clinton Dix is catching strays on the I was having a nice Sunday somewhere. He catches strays from Big Daddy. (laughs) He's like, what did I do, man? I've been out the league a couple of years. (laughs) So Um, good, right? Big Daddy. uh, I'm sure he's not the only Packer fan that feels that way, as they have some serious problems with that team now, 3-2 and on the season. Maybe they'll get it corrected. They got another New York team. This time it's going to be over at Lambeau with the Jets coming up this weekend. But, Michael, the New England Patriots, we saw them just absolutely blank the Detroit Lions yesterday afternoon twenty nine nothing, and I'm not even sure if it was even that close. When you take a look at the box score, New England six and a half yards per play, Lions just under five yards per play. As Belichick versus Campbell, it was a blowout on the score sheet and on the field.
1: I mean, I mean, first of all, let's not let's not let's not let's talk about fourth down here. They went for it six times on fourth down in the game and never got one. Never got one. They start out the game trying to go for it on first down, and it gave the Patriots field position. And Belichick takes five field goals. Doesn't even apologize for it. Just takes them. I'll just keep collecting points. I go into halftime up 16-0. I'll just keep collecting points. Who cares? They'll turn it over to me. I, I don't really have to do much. I mean, my quarterback threw four incomplete passes the whole day. I mean, this is like the, one guy's managing the game to win the game. The other guy, I don't know what he was doing. I don't know what they were doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me... You know, it, it it was. I I still don't get. I mean, everybody loves Dan Campbell, tough guy, all that stuff. Like to me, this is about strategy and chess. Like you know, you're going into New England. You know he's going to play this close to the vest. You're, you're gonna. You want to keep this because you've got the better offense, right? Yeah. You got the better offense. They're playing a rookie quarterback. You get shut out.
0: You get shut out. That's... I mean, I, I mean, how bad is that? It's, it's really bad. It's really bad. Real quick, though, before we get out to the next break, uh, what about Bailey Zappi? What did you make of him in his first start? Well,
1: I mean, look, they had they had 52 rushes and complete. He only had four incomplete passes. I don't think he had to make a really hard throw. I thought he was mature. mature. I thought he was poised. You know, it played from in front. You know, he didn't try to take any chances. They had a nice scheme. You know, I, I mean, Stevenson was tremendous running the football, yes. breaking tackles. I mean, it was exactly the way Bill wanted the game to go. He wanted to slow the pace of the game. I mean, he held him to 4.9 yards per play, slow him down. You know, grind it out, make them have to play tough, make them have to be, make them have to play outside of a, you know, a a seven-on-seven seven game, which is what they're good at doing, and they did. And 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 Goff reverted back to the Goff when he got pressure, he got sacked. You know, got got a lot of heat on him, and then he fumbled the
0: ball in the pocket, and, and of course, it results in a turnover. All right, Michael, you teased it. Stefanski, Staley, it went down in Cleveland. Get ready. You better get (laughs) your seatbelt on. That's your boy Stefanski. You better bet your goddamn seatbelt on I'm coming for him. I'm about to buckle my seatbelt, but first let's take a break here. This is the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi. 168 hours after issuance. See DKNG.com/slash b for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, Michael, the game by the lake yesterday afternoon in Cleveland, the Chargers and the Browns. The Chargers end up outlasting Cleveland 30 to 28. When these two teams play, it's always a lot of fun. But the decision that a lot of folks are talking about is Brandon Staley's decision that ended up not biting him in the butt, but it could have, the fourth down that he decided to go for with 113 left to go on his own 46-yard line. Here's what he had to say when asked about it by the media. We'll get your thoughts on the other side.
2: I just wanted to finish the game with the ball. Felt like we liked the play, liked the matchup. Knew what coverage they were going to be in, and um, we wanted to finish the game on our terms on third down. We felt like we had a good run-up against that defense. Um, had a pass solution. Um, they defended it well. Uh, then on fourth down, just really felt like, you know, the slant of Mike was going to be uh, the play call there, and. Um You know just didn't go down for us but uh, i had a lot of confidence uh, in our defense to go out there and get them stopped and that was a big motive um, because we knew they would have to throw the ball to beat us uh, and we felt like we could cover them you know and i love the way that our team finished that game uh, because obviously the storybook would have been just to finish it right there all right and to walk to victory lane but that's not how it went Um, we had to go play defense we had to go defend um, and our defense ended up winning us the game with those with that takeaway um, and that stop at the end of the game
0: Michael,
1: your thoughts on stage? As Frank Pantangeli sat in there in front of the center, and he he said, "Why are you know? You told us this happened with Michael Corleone. Lies, lies, lies. They're all lies. I made it up. That was all made up. That was fucking made up. I mean, that's a joke. We went out there and stopped them. They had the ball at your twenty-seven yard line. They missed a forty-five yard field goal. It was a little wide right. You're losing the game. You freaking idiot. You never stopped anybody." I mean, so they they didn't get it closer, but they were going to win. It wasn't going to tie the game. It was going to win the game. Are you kidding me? Like, you're going to say that you went out there and you played defense and we covered them and we stopped the game? I mean, are you going to really say that? I mean, they missed a freaking field goal. You gave them a chance to win the game, and now you're telling me, oh, that was all planned. I knew I had faith in my defense. We were going to stop. If you had so much freaking faith in your defense, punt the goddamn ball. Punt it. If you have so much ability to cover them, back them up to the 20. Make them kick a 65-yarder. They already beat Carolina in the opening game on a long field goal. Like, now you're going to give them the ball, and then you're going to insult my intelligence by telling me what we stopped them? No, you didn't stop them. You never stopped them. You didn't stop them at all. Are you kidding me? You know, I mean, it's it's just, to me, it's it's unbelievable how he gets away with it. It's like, it's it's unbelievable how somebody could sit there and actually think he did the right thing. I mean, it's remarkable. It's just truly remarkable. I I don't understand it. Only outdone by Stefanski, who continues to hurt his team week in and week out.
0: He continues to hurt his team. He continues to hurt his team. Before we get to my guy Stefanski, uh, we were all watching the Brandon Staley thing with the Charges play out, and once again, he's rolling the dice. And this is not even analytics. He's just rolling the dice blindly. But... What the most interesting reaction that we saw on social media was from his own player, Keenan Allen, who wasn't at the game. He was tweeting on social media. He has the hamstring injury, so he's been out the last few weeks. But Keenan Allen tweeted, what are we doing? And that's the cleaned up version of what he tweeted. It was WTF, are we doing? What do you make I mean, of that? The,
1: well, I think, he, you know, it's like this whole thing. Well, he has, the team has confidence. No, they don't. He just, he just told you they have no I mean, he thought it was the most ridiculous thing ever. You know, you've given them the ball back. I know they had no timeouts, but they had the ball at your own 45. Mm -hmm. They went 10 yards. You know, they went 10 yards. Okay, you didn't stop them. They gained 10 yards. Like, I could see if you went four plays and out and they couldn't even. The guy had a 54-yard. It was wide right. It wasn't short. Like, it wasn't like a hard. I mean, he's made them long before. Like I don't understand. What are we doing? Like at some point, when do you sit there and say this is not a smart decision? I wanted to win on our terms, but I had faith in my defense. Well, if you had so much faith in your defense, punt the ball. Like I don't understand it. Like you want this guy leading your team? You want this decision maker? Would you give him money to invest for you? It'd no. be a joke. No. I mean, nobody in the league. There's nobody that that think I mean, he gives analytics a bad name. He really does. With it's, it's, it's like we talked about with the, it's risk. The guy's made $30 billion in his life. This guy, Yas, he's $30 billion and he doesn't want to take risk. And yet this guy's over here telling us risk is okay. Like get out of here. Will you stop with that shit? It's all lies. I mean, Frank Pantangeli cue him up. And then Stefanski who loves to give points away. I mean, Femi, what did you do when you saw him at, at fourth and one or fourth and inches from his own 25? He goes for it and he runs some kind of stupid counter miss. I don't even know what the hell that play was. Like, yeah. I was just marveling about his quarterback could sneak it, and yet then he takes it out there and he runs and they lose to you. Like,
0: what did you say when you saw that? Uh, I said a word that I'm not going to say here on the podcast, but as somebody who bet on Cleveland, and somehow, some way, we were finally able to actually win that bet. But as, as somebody who bet on Cleveland, I was not happy. Thankfully, they got the stop on defense to force the Chargers to only kick a field goal, but they put. That that play call put the Chargers, or the Browns, I should say, in a really bad spot defensively, and the defense was able to get a stop there to only keep it a six point game. But that could have been the game over in, in that spot. In, in the second half, they're going for that one on fourth and one, and like they were pulling the the, the lineman as well. Easy area for the defensive lineman to kind of shoot through the gap and get the tackle for loss. It, it, it was disappointing for my guys Stefanski, because I thought he actually called a pretty good game offensively. They were moving the football. They were running it well. Jacoby Brissett, outside of the interception that he had, which was a backbreaker, I thought he played pretty well in the game. But it was just disappointing, that one spot there to where he kind of put his team in a rough spot.
1: I mean, look, Cleveland lost the game. They give three points away like we talked about, right? They give three points away there, all right? They give uh, at the end of the half, so they give those three. At the end of the half, York misses a 45-yard field goal wide right, okay? That was really that that was a backbreaker. I mean, they took the ball front with 148 to go in the second half. They drive it all the way down and he misses that kick and that that, that hurt. That hurt cuz that's going to take the game 24-17 at the half. So he misses that. And then and then they throw the pick in the in the end zone. I mean, it, Cleveland's played two home games They should have won both home games, Mm -hmm. and now they've lost them. I mean, and Stefanski, nobody says a a word about his cavalierness going for it in his own territory. Like, I don't get it. Look, I think Cleveland and Green Bay are very similar teams. And and, and it's similar in a different way. Mm. Cleveland obviously doesn't have Aaron Rodgers. But Cleveland could run the ball but their defense is so overrated yeah. like they've got good players but they don't make any stops they don't stop anybody green bay has all these picks and they don't stop anybody like like cleveland's defense is is not doesn't play to the level it has to play i mean joe wood they give up free touchdowns they can't tackle not 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 that staley's defense can do much better i mean look i mean it's really you know i mean let's face it what was this? This one team averaged six, seven yards per play. The other team averaged six, eight. Just think about that for a moment, fam. You're going to give the team the ball in your own, ter- and you're telling me we could cover them pretty well. You gave up 6.8 per play. You gave up 6.8 per play. Like you didn't hold them ever. If it's not for the missed field goals, you'll lose them. And, and, and the this, and this, and this stupid throw that Brissette made, which I thought he played pretty good.
0: I don't know what Brandon is doing. You know
1: who's the best receiver on Cleveland? Peoples Jones is the best receiver. How about Amari Cooper taking himself out of the game in the last drive of the game? I gotta come out. I mean, like he tapped out. Are you kidding me?
0: That's not what you want. It's not what you want from your number one wide receiver, but some someone had to win this game. You mentioned Stefanski's cavalierness; It was only outdone by Brandon Staley, who the I guess the football guys were shining down on him yesterday with Cade York missing that 54-yard field. You want to know why? You want
1: to know how? Like, his players don't even buy it. Like, no. like it, I could see if Keenan Allen came out and said, man, great call, coach. We're behind you. I mean, when he puts out the and, – and he knows now. He knows – Like, this is coming. Like, everybody's going to read this. It isn't like, okay. He tweeted it to the world. You know, (laughs) he tweeted it to the world. That just tells us, that gives us insight into their locker room, no matter what the liar, no matter what Frank Pantangeli says out there in Los Angeles.
0: So... Chargers improved to 3-2, and two, but I guess it's it's not looking great for Staley, who I've been out on, but Stefanski, I'm still holding out some hope there, but yesterday wasn't great for him as well. I mean, I I, I don't know how you can hold out hope for I mean, he does it every
1: week. He does it every week. He's got, I mean, he's got this analytical department in there. I mean, Dee Podesto, the baseball guy's in there telling him, like, at mm-hmm. some point, like, why are we turning down points? At some point, if we, it, okay, what are we doing here? Like what are we doing? It's it's. I know it's. For, I know we want to keep the ball. I know our defense isn't very good, but maybe we should play field position here. Like we're going to give them a field goal. They're lucky they held them to a field goal.
0: They are. They're very lucky there.
1: I, I don't know how you bet. I, I mean, to me, I give out the picks every week. But like stupidity, you have to account for stupidity. Like there's so many teams you can't bet on
0: because of their stupidity. <laughs> flipping a coin uh, a game that I did bet on and won some money on is my Dallas Cowboys Michael they went ahead and beat the Los Angeles Rams 22 to 10 an impressive defensive performance there Cooper Rush once again leading the Cowboys to victory at least from a quarterback record standpoint they're now 5-0 and as a starter 4-0 this season uh, what did you make of the Cowboys performance yesterday against the defending world champion Rams
1: I mean much like the Giants I mean how not to lose the game right I mean how to not lose the game the Giants the 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 the, the the Cowboys had 10 first downs in the game. They Mm -hmm. averaged 4.5 yards per play. (laughs) 10 first downs, you know? (laughs) But they didn't turn the ball over. They played smart, you know? I mean, they gave up a fourth down on a fake field goal. They they beat the, I mean, I don't know if Matthew Stafford will get out of the ice tub all week. But, you know, that uh, that fan that asked us the question last week about the identity, it really got me thinking. Mm -hmm. You know, so let's go back through Sean McVay here, who I, I think Sean McVay's a really good coach. I'm not arguing that. But when McVay got there, he assessed his team, and he basically determined that Goff is a play-action passer, and this offensive line is really a play-action team. And so they they, they hid Goff, which a lot of people fell for it. A lot of the worldwide leader analysts fell for it, (laughs) that he was this great quarterback, right? They fell for it. But they hid Goff, and what they did better than anything is they hid the line. They really hid the line. They got the line to play above its level, but they hid the line because it was all play action. They rarely got behind in games to expose the offensive line. Okay, so they they golf took him as far as he could take him, and we all know that McVay basically told the owner, "Hey, look, golf can't win us a title. If you if you want to win a title, we got to get Stafford." Okay, so the owner goes and pays for Stafford. But so when Stafford comes in, they abandon the the mentality that golf has. So instead of taking Goff's program and, and making it better with Stafford, they've taken a new approach, which has now exposed this offensive line. And and it's now they're running really, if you want to be honest, they're running Detroit schemes. He's getting the shit kicked out of them. He's picking himself off the ground every time. His interception percentage goes up just like it was in Detroit. You know, they don't consistently move the ball. He makes some incredible throws. They, don't have, they can't run the ball. They can't control the line of scrimmage. And when they play against a really good front, they get their ass kicked.
0: Yeah, and the Cowboys had a really, really good front there. And that was one of the matchups that we were talking about when we previewed the game. It's like, how are they going to be able to block? We just saw them on Monday night have trouble trying to block Nick Bosa in that 49ers front. Here comes Micah Parsons, DeMarcus Lawrence in that front. I mean, it was on the third play of the game, Michael. We saw the Cowboys get the sack fumble on Goff – or on Stafford, I should say. And then DeMarcus Lawrence runs that in for a touchdown – I mean, how good was that? Like, like the Cowboys defense and just what they're because a lot of people are saying, hey, should they put Dak Prescott back in? Yes. If you watch the Cowboys play offense, you know that they need Dak Prescott. But the defense, though, is the real story for, I think, this team here where they've yet to allow 20 points in the game through five games this season.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, they they got to take the same approach, right, that they're using with 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 uh, with Coop with with Rush. They got to take the same approach and just put Dak in there and just get better at it. Like, don't change what we're doing. Like, enhance it. It basically, the Rams just gave you the blueprint on how to screw it up. Like, if the Rams stay with their approach and try to run the ball, they can. But if they don't, then it becomes a problem. And I think that's what they should do. We've got breaking news, Femi. Oh,
0: do you, you get the thing off the, across the ticker that I that I just saw as well? Yep. hmm Yeah. Sure did. That's uh and for those of you w- w- listening to the podcast this is just coming in right as we're taping the pod the Panthers have fired head coach Matt Rule this is coming from all the insiders, the Adam Schefter, Tom Pelicero. It sounds like it will be Steve Wilkes who will take over as the interim head coach in Carolina. We were going to get to this game, Niners beating the Panthers yesterday 37-15, to 15. but now with the news coming in here, Michael, um, what are your thoughts here with Matt Rule, who we talked about last week, said, hey, is his job in jeopardy? Now, after an 11-27 and 27 record through three seasons, he's out in Carolina.
1: Well, I like Matt a lot, and, and, and I don't think this – this doesn't change my mind on, on Matt Rule as a coach. It really doesn't. I mean, he didn't win. I, I don't think he got – I think he made the team better from the time he got there till, the, till now. Uh, but like what happens to all of us in the industry, if we don't fix our quarterback from the very first day we walk in the building, we can't outrun it. We can't outrun it. And because we can't outrun it, it, it it's a problem. And, you know, and unfortunately, the ownership lost confidence in him. I I, I don't understand. They gave him a seven-year contract and after year three. But these losses continue to mount. It isn't like they were playing with – with a great quarterback and they're losing games. I mean, mm-hmm. Baker didn't play very well. They just never solved the quarterback. I mean, Matt will bounce back from this. I mean, this is going to be a hard thing because I think he's really a good coach. I think he's a really good person. I, I'm not saying that because my son works for him because I know Matt. I've got to know Matt. I've spent time with Matt, and Matt Matt is one of the really one of the guys in it that are that are good. He wants to continue to learn. He's not egotistical, but unfortunately, in this situation, it just became. You know where they couldn't—they couldn't get confidence. They couldn't build themselves off of, and they kept—and they lose too many close games, and they never fix the offense. Frankly,
0: you mentioned how they weren't able to find the quarterback. They went through a number of options. I mean, we saw Teddy Bridgewater, the quarterback for the Panthers. Sam Darnold last year. Sam, Sam Darnold ended up getting hurt in injury with the uh, the preseason ankle injury that he suffered this past year. But they've gone through different hoops. Matt Corral, who they drafted in the middle of the draft this past spring, he gets hurt as well. So you don't even get a look at him. Then Baker Mayfield, the trade that they make, and it simply hasn't worked out with Baker Mayfield in Carolina um, with this offensive, uh, the weapons that they have out there. Do you know, do you think, or I have a reason I should ask you as to why this didn't work out with the quarterback? with Baker Mayfield? Because we all thought that, hey, maybe Mayfield coming in, he could stabilize. What is a roster that has talented players? McCaffrey's healthy. DJ Moore is a terrific wide receiver. Robbie Anderson has some deep threat ability. Why do you think it didn't work out with this particular quarterback?
1: Well, I just think Mayfield can't throw completed passes. He watched the game yesterday. Everything's a struggle. Guys are open and they can't complete the throws. It's hard, you know? And I think to me, you know, the one thing with McCaffrey, I think they, you, you know, When they had, the first year he was there, they had Mike Bell, not Mike Bell, the kid from, uh, he's on Atlanta, he was on Atlanta last year, now he's on Baltimore. Mike Davis? Mike Davis. They had Mike Davis. It kind of was a really good combination. Mike Davis was a power back with McCaffrey. It was really, they didn't really, they've never really had that again. They signed Freeman this offseason, but they haven't been able to get Freeman going. So I think a little bit of that. I just think to me, it's one of those where, you know, you're trying to manage the game and. He can't get complete. Where Daniel Jones, forever you could say about Daniel Jones, he gets completed passes, Mm -hmm. and he makes plays on that. So, uh, you know, I I think as you look back, what Matt needs to do is what happens to all of our careers. We have these setbacks. They're going to make them comebacks, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and and you got to go back, and you got to analyze everything you did, what you did right, what you did wrong, and kind of see it. But it's hard. It's really hard to... To, to win in the NFL in these close games when you don't have a quarterback. That's what Dayball's doing in New York. That's what I think Dallas has done. It's how do I manage the game? But you got to have an elite defense. And unfortunately, every time you think the Panthers' defense is elite, they just don't get stops when you, they need to get stops.
0: Do you think Matt Rule wants to stay in the NFL, or do you think he goes back to the college game?
1: I would think Matt Rule would take a year off and just kind of chill. I'm sure he's going to have ample opportunity to go. I mean, if he wanted to go in the college game, he could have had the LSU job last year. I mean, he could have everything. Now, I mean, I would think Auburn would come to him and offer him a boatload of money to go to Auburn, you know, because he could compete there. I mean, just because he doesn't coach well in the NFL doesn't take away from what he's done. Turning Temple's program around, what he did at Baylor, you know, unfortunately, it's just the NFL is a hard, hard league, uh, especially when you don't fix the quarterback, because you know. Look, the other thing I think. So you know, he's sitting there. What the year he picks JC Horn? Right, everybody wants him to pick the quarterback. There, where would they be if he picked Justin Fields right now?
0: I mean, you know, you know how I feel about Justin Fields and that, but it, you, can it's, it's, you, it's, it's you can feel all the way you want about him. You can feel all the way
1: you want about him. He would be, you would be, you might be better off. You know, it would the media would be okay, but. Unfortunately, you know, and I think too what what happened is this cloud that hung over Carolina all off season that this mm-hmm. rule it was make or break, I think that yeah. kind of broke them. I really do. There was so much pressure on them to win early that I think that 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 and it was self-inflicted pressure by th- what they wanted. so I think sometimes those are hard and I, I like Matt a lot and I wish him well, and obviously my son's there and I, you know it's, it's hard for all of
0: us. it's never good. Mm-hmm yeah no we're, we're we're missing them well and, and that's like you mentioned the hard part of the business uh it's a very results oriented business and if you don't win enough games you're going to end up getting fired there are a lot of coaches that have been fired who have won super bowls so uh, it can happen to anybody but matt rule once again fired by the carolina panthers we'll take a quick break Michael. we'll get to the rest of the games here from sunday i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason
1: kelly from bloomberg this is the deal
0: All right, Michael, let's get back to the games from Sunday. The Philadelphia Eagles remain unbeaten now 5-0 after knocking off the Arizona Cardinals 20-17. to It was close there toward the end. A missed field goal is how the Eagles went ahead and got it done. We thought we were heading to overtime, but the Eagles cruising past the Cardinals there 20-17 to as they're now 5-0. and But I know you wanted to talk about Mr. Beep Beep there, Kyler Murray, and that decision to slide on fourth down. Whew.
1: Man, he. You know, I, I mean, look. I don't think he played very well during the game. They fought back in the fourth quarter. You know, when you when you watch the game, you know, he. he they can't make explosive plays. The Arizona Arizona offense is is so bad. I mean, what did they have here? They, they, you know, they they had the Eagles didn't make an explosive play. Didn't make very explosive plays either. Mm-hmm. But neither did this Cardinal team. But that drive at the end of the game. So he's come to me. This kind of demonstrates. Where is his instincts and feel, right? So I don't know if anybody saw it, but he's got him on the last drive of the game. Now, I got to say this to you. This Matt Amadola kid, I I don't know how he keeps getting job as a kicker. Do you remember he was with the Jets last year?
0: Yeah. yeah. He was with the Chiefs against the Colts.
1: I don't mean any disrespect to this kid at all, but I mean, like, I I mean, like, he doesn't give me confidence whatsoever, right? No. So, uh, anyway, so, you know, again, I don't want to get in – I don't want to get in – field goal range. I want to get in a makeable field goal range. Mm-hmm. And this is where Murray falls in, right? So Murray's he runs on third and ten and he's and he could easily get the first down, but he slides. So now it's third and one. They don't have a timeout. Then he goes and spikes the ball. So now he's got the kids got to try a 47 yard field goal and and, and Fox or whoever did I think Fox did the game. Mm-hmm. But they went and showed the pregame where he was missing it like they showed three clips of a missing it I don't know if you saw it yeah, I did, of a yeah. missing it like, and I'm like, if I'm if you know and and you can blame Kingsbury all you want, but he couldn't go for it on third fourth and one there. He had to take the tie, and then the kid the kid missed it exactly exactly like he missed it there. I mean, it's just so uh, I, like it was no field Stephen bond our our producer of this show, mm-hmm. and he also does the Lombardi line. He asked a question to me. Uh, when 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 Kyler Murray's mama lifted him from the crib, was he a quarterback or not? Is it an instinctive position or not? And I answered, no. I don't think he had instincts. This I this counselor, I rest my case. This is more evidence he's not an instinctive football player, because you got to know where the first down is. And when you slid right, you know the ball's going back from where you started to slide.
0: Now, you know how I feel about Kyler and we've we've had our Kyler discussions here on the show. Just to, and I'm not defending him, but just to add the full context of of what happened with that situation. So Jimmy Kempsky, he's an Eagles writer for the Philly Voice. He tweeted this out yesterday afternoon, and he said that the stadium down in distance said first and 10 on the third and 1 spike, and he thinks that the Cardinals thought that they had the first down. The TV feed had it right. So we're all watching on TV, the TV is showing third and 1, but the stadium said first and 10 and he said that because he was in the stadium he was covering the game but Nick Sirianni afterwards said that the Eagles were aware that it was third and one despite the scoreboard showing first and 10 so now it's the whole operation of that and like the Cardinals Kyler was asked about after the game he said that everybody in his ear was saying clock it clock it clock it. And I think the bigger picture was that he should know where the first down marker is and should be able to dive for that to ensure that he gets the first down and not slide because I know he doesn't want to take the hit because we've talked about how how does Kyler stay healthy? He's got to avoid taking some of these hits but there's something that operationally i don't know if the Cardinals were just looking at the scoreboard or if they weren't also monitoring where the down marker was but I believe the Cardinals actually thought that he had the first down when he spiked it which is why he was getting the message of clock it he ends up clocking it on third and one then they have to kick the field goal on fourth and yeah. one which they thought would have been second and ten
1: yeah I, and again but when you're up in that box you can see whether he got the first down or not you're watching the game like i yeah. i mean you you could see it yeah yeah you know where yeah We could see it. I mean, you know, and somebody's watching the TV replay, too, and they could easily – we didn't get the first down. We didn't get the first – you know, I mean, I get it. It's hard. I understand it. But to me, you know, when you slide, you got to make sure you're well past it because if you slide – I mean, to me, this takes a little bit of it out of it. When you slide, that thing's going back really further. So even if you know where the marker is,
0: you have to go past the marker to start your slide yeah because it's not where you land in the slide it's where you begin the slide is where they're going to spot the right. football there
1: again so it, it, to me this is kind of irrelevant because even if he would have known like he slid he slid too soon and he had more room to run or dive or just mm-hmm. dive whatever happened to head first baseball slides pete rose style <laughs>
0: The Buccaneers and the Falcons, Tampa wins this game twenty-one to fifteen. But all the talk, Michael, after the Bucks were up twenty-one nothing, they let the Falcons get back into this, all the talk was on the third down play where Tom Brady sacked by Grady Jarrett. The officials call a roughing the passer penalty, thus ending the game. As the Buccaneers were able to run the clock out there, what did you make of that call? There, which I th- thought it was a little soft there, to say the least. I thought
1: it was bad. I mean, look, I you know, look, I thought it was bad. I mean, the, the give the Falcons credit. I mean, they you know, you're they're they're down twenty one to nothing. They fight all the way through. The and the Bucks, you know, they, you know, typically the when, when you're a good team, a twenty one to nothing lead, you know, people say, well, you got backdoor covered. I mean, when you're a really good team you end up putting teams away. I mean, you you find mm-hmm. a way that score becomes what you know, that score becomes instead of a 21 to nothing it becomes 35 to 17 or something like that. Yeah. You just put them away, but what happened was, you know, the Bucks had 17 plays in the fourth quarter. They got four first down. And if they don't get that lucky call, they may lose the game. I mean, mm-hmm. cuz uh, Atlanta scored 21 points on 14 plays in the fourth quarter. Think about that.
0: Yeah, that's, that's not great for the Bucks defense and all that, what we saw from them yesterday. But they get the fortunate call, and they move on. They go ahead and win, and it's an unfortunate situation for the Atlanta Falcons. How about our buddy, though, Michael, Robert Sala? He said he was keeping receipts after the Jets started to struggle this year. Now 3-2. and two, They went ahead and beat the Dolphins 40-17 to 17 yesterday. Zach Wilson, 2-0 and as a starter this year. So the Jets are looking up here. What did you make of what we saw in the Meadowlands yesterday?
1: It's hard to look, you know, I mean, I, I tuned the game in and Teddy Bridgewater's not in the game. I'm like, what the hell happened here? And yeah. he gives, they give up a safety on the first play of the game, you know, and then he gets a concussion and he's out. And then, you know, they bring in the backup who, you know, I'm sure he didn't get a ton of reps. And I, I thought this actually was a way closer game than mm-hmm. the score ended up being, right? It really was. It's it was 17 to it was what, 19 to 14 at the half and and then it kind of got like 19 to 17 and then give the Jets credit, they scored 21 points in the fourth quarter. This is the second week in a row they scored 35 points the last two weeks in the fourth quarter. They put the game away. They put the game away. And you know, they had uh you know, uh they were basically Miami had 21 plays in the fourth. They had four turnovers and they got four uh, and four first downs. And the jet and the-, the Jets took it to him. They made explosive plays with the running game. Look, I-, I-, I've- I gotta give them credit. Miami's defense to me isn't gotta be able to carry them as they go through this. And then I think the concern is Tyreek Hill was seen in a boot after the game. Mm-hmm. Like they're not an explosive team when Tyreek Hill isn't on the field.
0: If Tyreek Hill doesn't play, this team could be in a lot of trouble. Jalen Waddle's been really good and they got a lot of speed, but Tyreek Hill's what's gonna make this offense go. And Bridgewater now he's kind of in the concussion protocol. He has an elbow issue. Tua, we know that he's going to be out for a little bit of time here. It's going to be tricky for this Dolphins team to try to tread water. We're about to learn a lot about Mike McDaniel upcoming here in these next couple of weeks. Uh, let's go to our nation's capital, though, Michael. The Tennessee Titans, who started the year 0-2, I believe it was, now 3-2 and after they beat the Washington Commanders 21-17. This game came down to the very end. Carson Wentz throwing the game-ending interception there at the one-yard line. As time expired here, but the box score, I mean, looking at this and I was tweeting about it last night, the, the commander should have won this football game, but they found a way to lose it. Titans go ahead and win. And uh, I lost my bet as many others lost their bet who backed this well, Washington team.
1: I, I i tweeted back to you. They were yep. one for 11 on third down. Like, how do you win a game when you're one for 11 on third down? You know, and, and Tennessee does exactly what Tennessee does. They, they get the lead. And they hold on to the lead. This is, this is like forever. They held on to the lead. They didn't score in the other game. I mean, here, here it is. They had 11 plays in the fourth quarter. That's all they had. They got one first down and won the game. They got one first down and won the game. I mean, and, and, and you're putting the game in Carson Wentz's hands to win the game at the end, and you, you're you surprised he throws a pick or makes him. I mean, he had three fumbles in the game. You're lucky he you got him back. You're lucky he you got him back. I, I, I've said this all along. I, this was a no play for me. This is two weeks in a row now. All the all the sharps in, in in the sporting book at the Borgata, they were all over Washington. Washington, Washington. I'm like, I don't know how you guys bet Washington. Like, I don't know how you do that. Like, I wouldn't <laughs> bet them against the high school team. I think they're poorly coached. I think they're disorganized. I don't think they. I, I think that it gets to be a close game. They won't win it. I mean, I don't know. I mean, like they had twelve. They had twelve. Uh, they went. They had twelve drives to the game. They went five without a first down. You know. And they only and they only had and they had two drives with just three more than three first downs. I mean, think about that. They don't. There's no consistency with what they do. I mean, look at this. Here's the other thing. I think this is important. I think you got to keep looking at this all the time. Mm-hmm. They had 42 rushes and completions. They had 13 uh, uh, rushes and complete. They had 13 incompletions. Meanwhile, your Titans. All they do. They don't look flashy. They had 47. They only had 10
0: incompletions. Just keep moving the ball down the field. Gosh, yeah, this is one I didn't bet the Washington Commanders last I mean, week against Dallas, but I did this week. I fell into I, the trap. I think and, you should. I think you should be on. I think you should basically be in, a, a go for a timeout. You should be
1: like w- when your kids get in trouble, you know. Because if you bet Washington, you got to be the dumbest guy. I, I I don't know if you can keep doing this pod. We may have to get a replacement because there's no way you do a pod with me and bet Washington. Like after I'm bitching about Washington all this time, and you bet Washington, I, I mean, Tennessee. Do they look impressive? They can never look tempting. They could never like. I get it four o'clock at a bar, some ugly girl looks tempting. I get that. But they're never tempting. They're never
0: tempting. I mean, I'm off of them now, but they should have won the game. Oh, now. They should have won, won the yeah. damn game. No. They should have won the yeah. game. Yeah. But All hey, right. that's that. I promise you, you'll bet them again. You, you just won't no, tell I, us. You'll bet them again. Nah, I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not. Although maybe this week, Thursday night against Chicago? Who knows? No, yeah, <laughs> no there we're, not, go. Not, we're not your doing it. Your boy Justin Fields. You better be
1: betting your boy Justin Fields. I'll be pissed at you if you don't.
0: <laughs> my, my guy Fields, hey, they, he looked decent yesterday, but we'll get into that a little bit later, though. Uh, let's take our final break, talk about Monday Night Football. Coming up, we'll also get to the Week 5 Awards. All right, Michael, before we get out of here and talk Monday Night Football, let's get to the awards from Week Number 5. On the Lamb, who's that going to? I mean, Big Daddy already said
1: that, you know, we've got to put Mike Barry on the Lamb, leave him in <laughs> London. I mean, that defensive performance was really bad. I mean, you're a nine-point favorite in the game. And you can't you can't force a punt from the second to the to the rest of the game. I mean, you were not playing the greatest show on turf. You really weren't. I mean, that that's bad. And Green Bay, to me, you know, you could put you could put Joe Wood in this category to go on the lam. His defense can't stop anybody either. But geez, oh man, that was bad.
0: The Fred Palermo best game plan of the week.
1: Uh, you got to give it to Kafka and and Sir Wink uh, because I mean look they come out there they play they play a team that that typically doesn't match up to them they sh- Green Bay should have gotten ahead and made Daniel Jones beat them and mm. they did and Daniel Jones beat them I mean that that's that says you're bad so I, I think you got to give the Giants fully credit for this I think Mike Kafka the last two games has called he's called the game like a head coach I think that's really well if you don't know now you know. If you do that you're, if you keep turning points down, you're going to lose games. And if you and if you don't know if you buy Brendan Staley's bullshit at that press conference, then you know don't listen anymore. Stop listening to the pod because that's ridiculous. Because that what he said was complete lies. It's all lies.
0: No, Staley. I had confidence in my defense. No, you didn't. Oh yeah, you had so much confidence in your defense you didn't punt. He had zero confidence. Staley's a clown, but we've uh, talked enough about Staley on this podcast. Oh, don't
1: forget now he's the best <laughs> coach in the league. You got that right. How about this? Before we go. I want a list of the 39 receivers that are better than Jamar Chase. That's what Pro Football Focus (laughs) told me last night. There's 39 receivers, and they advertise this on the air. They insult our intelligence every week. I want to find the 39. Let's go through it. Where are the 39 receivers that are better than Jamar Chase? Like, How do they put that shit out there, and nobody calls them out on it?
0: Yeah, we we, we, yeah, we got we got to clean that up. We got to go back to the database if that's what it's spitting out there. Uh, the, the the David Ogilvy, who's the fraud this week? Well, I I think the NFC
1: Norths are all frauds. I don't think there's a good team in them, I, and I got to think you got to think the, pa- the the
0: Browns defense and the Packers defense are frauds. I think there's no doubt. Yeah, it's that, really disappointing the Packers defense. I thought they were going to be really good. This season with all the talent that they have there, the first round draft picks that we've talked about, the investments that they've made, but they've been fraudulent, which is perfect for for this award. David Ogilvy going to the Green Bay Packers, especially that defense. All right, Michael, we get Monday Night Football tonight. Raiders at the Chiefs and over at our show sponsor, DraftKings. Right now, Kansas City, seven point favorites, total of 52. How do you see this one playing out tonight?
1: Well, I mean look, the Raiders gotta slow the pace down. Uh, I don't they can't they don't wanna get in a fifty pass game against this team. You know, they've gotta be able to to get control of the game. They gotta have a really good first down play sheet, I think, to me to be able to stay out of those third and longs where Spagnola can run some of his stuff, but he's not running as much as that as he did before. And, and they've got to find a way to to do what the Colts did, make plays elsewhere. I think it's a hard game playing in there. The Raiders have had a lot of success playing in that place. It's a hard, hard place to play. It's like going. It's like playing a game in downtown Moscow. It's hard. I mean, all that
0: red around you. Jesus Christ. So they said that this is stat from uh, Adam Schefter: Patrick Mahomes is twenty-two and three against the AFC West, the most wins by any quarterback in his first twenty-five divisional starts. He's also Helped this Chiefs offense average thirty-seven point four points per game against the Las Vegas Raiders in eight starts. Can the Raiders put a stop he's to He's playing that? really well. Yeah, he's, he's playing really well. I mean, he's he's playing well. He's dishing the ball
1: and, and look, Max Crosby, Chandler Jones—they got to put some pressure on. But they've got to force. They got to take Kelsey out of the game. You know, Andy ran it thirty-seven times last week, which is surprising. This mm-hmm. is a tough stretch for Kansas City now. They got the Raiders today. They got Buffalo at four thirty on Sunday. Oh yeah. I mean, this this is hard. I mean, this will be a physical game, you know, just like, you know, the wear and tear on your body. The the, the schedule makers didn't do the Chiefs a favor here.
0: Our producer, Stephen Bond, says in my ears that nobody's crying for the Chiefs here. <laughs> Nobody, nobody's crying. He's got a big one on deck Sunday. That's going to be a lot of fun. Sunday afternoon, oh, yeah. we'll get to, Bill's we'll Chiefs. Seat. We'll
1: have to give him your seatbelt. I It'll mean, honestly,
0: <laughs> Bill's Chiefs, and then Sunday night, Cowboys-Eagles. Next Sunday is going to be a whole lot of fun. But this episode, Michael, was a lot of fun. Thank you, as always, to all of the viewers and listeners. Subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. Thank you to DraftKings. Thank you to Visa. Thank you to our producer, Stephen Bond. With us on the ones and twos, like he always is is and thank you to you michael it was a lot of fun man
1: thanks Femi. i appreciate it we got to thank clemenza too for making an appearance we appreciate it and big daddy too big (laughs) daddy's a hit
0: in every parade yes big daddy we hope all is well maybe the packers can get back on the right side against the jets this sunday but that'll do it for us we'll talk to you guys thursday